0: Welcome to the Breslin Breakdown. I am Sam Britton alongside Luke Saccone. We are finally back, Luke. It's been a minute. Yeah, we we thought we
1: might have a, a quick turnaround from last podcast. Turns out, uh, we didn't.
0: It's been it's been a while. It has been a while. It. What did we do? We were gonna do it last Saturday because we changed the Saturdays, and then that and, Saturday didn't work. Yeah. So here we are on a yeah, Monday. So uh, it's been two weeks, week and a half. Uh, week in like two days, yeah. It's two days. This felt like a while. It has. Yeah. So sure. it's just Luke and I today. It's uh as Luke wrote on our Google Doc, it is the skeleton crew because of midterms. I think she, actually Austin Winslow is playing basketball right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what Joe's doing, but Austin's off hooping for us. So rep the crew proudly, Austin.
1: Oh yeah, he's gonna get that dub out there. Oh, absolutely. I believe in him. Yes.
0: So, couple games since we last met. I remember the last podcast we did, it was a little upsetting. I don't want to say upsetting, but we were expressing, I think, what a lot of Michigan State fans were feeling, because the team just was not performing as well as they could have been. And now they, the, ne- the very next day after we did that last podcast, they traveled to Nebraska to play them, and you have a corn husker noise for us before we begin. <laughs> this is just, you know, <laughs> skin, that's corn getting husked. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some corn. There were no uh corns, there was no corn being husked in Nebraska that day as no. Michigan State was defeated 82 to 71. Joe and I actually picked Nebraska to win that game. Uh I think we just we couldn't deal with it anymore. We we'd seen them lose on the road too many times to not pick the road team, even if Nebraska is now I think they're 12 and 14 after the last couple games. Excuse me, they were 12 and 14 then. Now Let me see how many games they've won. Now they're 13 and 14. So they've won one game since then. Mm -hmm. So Nebraska's not the best team in the Big Ten. And Michigan State got beat by them.
1: Yeah, you guys were, you and Joe were definitely correct in picking Nebraska. Um, I remember going back. I I think I persuaded Austin a little bit in that pick. (laughs) I thought, you know, that loss, that loss, well, I thought that that loss at Wisconsin, that Michigan State. Um, they obviously didn't show up against wisconsin no i thought they learned from that i thought that would light a fire under them obviously didn't and they lost to nebraska and yeah the same thing just showed just couldn't couldn't
0: show up on the road yeah so Shay Collie, she had a decent game she had 17 points but she also had seven turnovers jenna allen had 13 points and nine rebounds so that was I'm not gonna say it was one of her better games, but it wasn't one of her worst games. She did get to thousand points that day, I will say.
1: Yes, but uh, yeah. If you're Jenna Allen, thirteen points, you want you want to see Jenna Allen scoring more than that. Right? She's right. she's your senior leader. She she's obviously sh- showed that she can score a lot more. And um, in order for them to win on the road and at home, Jen, she, Jenna Allen needs to be scoring more than thirteen points.
0: Yeah, and that was something I talked about too in the article I wrote recently. Um, it was kind of funny. I was joking about it with I think Ian Drummond. We were writing yesterday for the Michigan game, and I said, you know, I think she, like, read my article or something because she's actually having a good game. The article I did, I kind of, my last paragraph was kind of, I put, I don't want to say everything on her, but I put a decent amount of the blame on her because you saw her, like, against Nebraska and against Iowa and against Minnesota and Maryland. She had all these big games, and then she just kind of went away for a while. And, like, yeah, she'd have a decent game here and there. Like, you see this with Nebraska, 13 points, 9 rebounds. It's not a bad game, but... You'd like to see more productivity from her. You can't count on Shea Colley, and that's pretty evident when she has seven turnovers, and when, as a team, you shoot thirty percent beyond the three. Excuse me, behind the three point arc. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is a team also that like
1: likes to shoot the three, but just as any any basketball team, you live and die by the three. And uh, looking at these st- statistics, Shea Colley, one for seven, Jenna Allen one for five, Taryn McCutcheon, who's one of the best three point shooters. Uh, in the Big Ten, she went two for eight. Um, so, yeah, definitely not great three-print
0: shooting, and obviously that hurt them in in the game. Yeah, and, you know, that was something we talked about a while ago, too, towards the beginning of the year. Jenna Allen, like, as a center, she could consistently knock down threes. Like, you'd, be, you'd see her shooting, like, above 50%. She would only be taking, I don't know, six, seven threes a game, but she'd be making four or five of them. And ultimately that gives Michigan State a huge advantage when you don't expect this big like six four center to come out and just rain threes down on you. Yeah, and, absolutely. She yeah. uh she obviously
1: incorporated that into her game this past season. And uh in the early season her pick and pop with some of the point guards was on point. Obviously against that Oregon Oregon team, Jen Allen just absolutely went off on three pointers. And uh maybe she's been, it's been a mentality thing. It's probably been a mentality thing, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But since then, Nebraska defeated Michigan State. Michigan State came home, hosted Ohio State last Thursday. I was covering that game with Luke Sicone. Not Luke Saccone, Luke Sloane. Why Sloan. do you guys have why do you guys both have to be Luke S's? Sloan. You know,
1: I, I I hate to admit this, but Sloan, every time I see a Sloan urinal or toilet, I think of him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he I'm That's gonna make no, I'm gonna make him listen to this podcast just to hear that now. That is no offense to him. I love him. <laughs> But just every time I see Sloan on a <laughs> hero <laughs> All
0: right, that took a turn that I was not expecting. So yeah, it was uh myself, Luke Sloan, Joey Ellis, and I believe it was Kyle Hattie was there writing with me. Michigan State lost 77 to 70. Nia Nia and put up a decent effort, 23 points. Shea Calley had a pretty solid game. She she had 18 points. She was four for fourteen from the field. One for six three, not too great. But she made nine of her free throws of her ten free throws. Um, yeah, what do you what do you got to say about that, Luke?
1: Um, trying. To, oh yeah, Ohio State. Uh, obviously, I didn't get to uh, go to the game, but I do believe that the shooting just again just very, very lackluster for Michigan State. Um, pulling up the statistics here right now believe you have a
0: sheet next to you with the stats on it, Luke. You are correct. I am correct, yes. We're doing great here right now. Putting on a, a great show so far.
1: Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> four for 22 from three-point. Again, living and dying by the three-pointers. Um, let's see. Again, Shake Holly, one for six. Cindy Cooks, one for four. Taron McCutcheon, again, two for eight. Uh, it's just... People you expect to make you know some a couple of those threes like Cindy cooks she is a she is a big uh body out there but she can she has a great jump shot and uh usually can hit some uh, a few more threes than just one of her four and um then also just going uh 35 from the field in the game just like and this is, this is at home too it's yeah. the first home game that Michigan State has lost this entire season. Yeah. And I think it was just a product of just being so frustrated with themselves on the road. Uh, losing to Nebraska, losing to Wisconsin. It, it was definitely a mentality thing. I thought, you know, maybe since they were at home, um, Ohio State, like Michigan State, seems like a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team. Uh, Michigan State has handled much better teams. Um uh, it wasn't a game I expected Michigan State to lose, but
0: it, it it is probably just a product of the games beforehand, yeah, and something interesting about Ohio State entering that game they were thirteen and twelve nine and seven in the conference. They are still like behind Michigan in the fifth seed place. <laughs> they are right behind Michigan with a slightly above five hundred record, and they could still they very well could creep their way into the top four seats and end up getting a double bye because Michigan. You know, we'll talk about it in a minute. Just got beat by Michigan State yesterday. So, Ohio State is like right on their, right on their toes. They are really trying to inch forward for that four seed. But, yeah, that press conference, um, that was one of the two games that I have covered a Michigan State loss before. One of them was at Northwestern. That was the first home loss I've ever covered. Susie Merchant was not happy. I do not think I've ever seen her scold and scorn her team. As much as she did that day, she put a lot of the blame on, I guess she really spread it around, but Jenna Allen was definitely the biggest, you know, not having that senior leadership. She was like, we're just, we're missing her emotionally. And she said, like, I don't think it's a physical thing because she's proven to me that she's a great player. And, you know, she did have a decent game against Michigan yesterday. So it's not a physical thing. It's a mental thing. She put some of the blame on Sydney Cooks, Shea Collie, Taryn McCutcheon, uh, not too much on Nia Cloud. she did a, a, a decent game, you know, 23 points. Can't complain about that too much. But she just was not happy. I asked her a question. I was actually a little scared that she was going to, like, rip my face (laughs) off. Um, But she didn't. I survived. We waited a long time for Susie Merchant to come out and give us her little press conference. So Michigan State got defeated by Ohio State. Also, all Ohio State scorers were in the double digits.
1: Yeah, that's something you don't see at Michigan. Michigan State's a great defensive team, especially at right, home. Right. Right. Um, but just having the whole team uh, or whole starters, excuse me, for Ohio State scoring double digits—that's that's obviously the majority of the scoring. And obviously, um, they're not all scoring only ten points. Uh, you got Janiya Kroom, she she scored twenty. You got uh, as Carmen Grande was seventeen. So those add up very quickly. And uh, just not being able to contain those players definitely hurt Michigan State.
0: Yeah, especially when Ohio State makes 50% of their shots on so many less possessions. Michigan State had 64 shots. Ohio State only had 48. But Ohio State made 50% of their shots, and that was the difference. They beat them by 7. So, ultimately, also 45% from beyond the arc. They, They weren't too great on their free throws. They didn't even shoot 70%. But nonetheless... You know Ohio State. They showed up when it was when it mattered.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was looking at I was looking at the total line of stats. Michigan State they outplayed Ohio State in just about every single exactly. category. Exactly. Total rebounds, uh, less personal fouls, um, points off of turnovers, turnover margin. Um, steals were even, but just overall, Michigan State. The only thing that hurt them to that day was shooting, and yeah. uh, it really surprised me.
0: Yeah, so. That happened. Um, It was still a fun game to cover, nonetheless. But then we go to Sunday, where Michigan State hosted Michigan for... I was about to say the second time this year. They played them the second time this year, the first time hosting them. And they ultimately walked away with a 74-64 to victory. I was covering that game with Kyle Hattie, Hikaru Kudo, and Nathan Stearns. Not Kyle Hattie, excuse me, Ian Drummond. Shout out to the Ians. Um... (laughs) That was a uh, probably the most fun I've ever had covering a game. I guess just all around. I mean, the atmosphere was great. It was loud, you know, that you you just kind of kind of expect that when it's going to be a Michigan game. But the big storyline of the night that we really touched on, Jenna Allen, after going through that slump, you know, it took her a couple games. She had like 9 to get to 1000 points. It took her like 3 games to get there. And she just wasn't she just wasn't herself. I think she went 2 for 5 the night of Ohio State. She had 18 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 steals. Yeah, just overall, great uh, turnout from Jenna
1: Allen, I think, obviously, um, being at senior night. I think she she plays much better as an emotional player. Yes. Um, yes. Obviously, that, that game against uh, Michigan, um, being at senior night, obviously, emotions are just running all over the place, and I think that's definitely what helped her um, hope, possibly break out of break out of the slump that she's been in. But, you know, just another example, that game against Oregon, uh, you know, back in December, uh, she was crying after that game. And it was easily her best game of the season. She plays as a very emotional person. And I think she just – maybe it was just because it was, you know, the dull drums of winter yeah, um, where she just wasn't there emotionally or mentally. Uh, but, you know, maybe this game against Michigan being a senior night – Uh, being it against your arch rivals in Michigan at home, you know maybe that gets her out of this
0: slump. Obviously, she had a great turnout that game. Yeah, and I think I think you're spot on with the emotional player part. We saw her, you know, when they played Oregon, she was just, she was, you could just see the adrenaline like in her eyes and flowing through her veins. She was pumping her fists. She was screaming. She did the same thing yesterday. Just she make a big shot and. That was it. Like she just, she was on point, on fire. I will say she did get cold in the second half. She scored ten of her eighteen points in the first quarter, and then from that point on, I guess even in the second quarter, really, she she got a little cold. But nonetheless, she led all Spartan scores with eighteen points. She had seven rebounds and as a center, five steals. I mean, talk about an aggressive player that night, last night. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Usually it's like Taryn McCutcheon or Nia Cloud and getting or Shea Colley getting all these steals. But yeah, uh, I think Jenna Allen just. um I think sometimes her mentality is that she's like a she's like a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a, she's a ball hawk a lot of the times, and I think uh, I think that's what can, can she can contribute definitely um, on the defensive end there.
0: Yeah. And Sydney Cooks, Shea Collie, they were not in the starting lineup. Very interesting there. Makes you a little interested to see. I'm not going to speculate or anything, but Shea Holly, I mean, she was injured for a while there. For her to go down right before the Big Ten tournament, if that was to happen, obviously we don't know yet. But if she was to go down, um, you know, you can only wonder what's going to happen from that. No, right? yeah, going I, into the Big Ten tournament,
1: I believe uh, I forget which game it was. I think I was talking with uh, Joe Dandron, um, and he was saying that uh, one of the press conference, Susie Merchant, was tearing up Shay Colley and how she she just hasn't been producing defensively for mm-hmm. the team. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thinking that this might just be like, you know, a wake-up call for Shea Collie. Like, you need to start playing not just offensively, because obviously offensively she's been the best player for Michigan State offensively this last half of the season. Uh, I think she's averaging over 15 points per game at this point. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see. Uh, she's still got a lot of playing time. I think it was like 28 minutes, I believe. Um, but also to add on that, uh, Sydney Cooks, um, she also didn't play, or she also didn't start, excuse me, she did play, um, but where is it? yeah, she only had four minutes, um, in the game, and I don't think that was a product of foul trouble. Uh, she ended the game with three fouls, mm-hmm. um, so it's interesting to see, and then also, um, back against Nebraska. She uh, she only played eight minutes. She also started that game. Uh, she like I said, she only played eight minutes. Um, uh, and I, also again, uh, this was definitely not a personal foul issue. She had zero on the day. Um, so it's interesting what uh Coach Merchant is doing here, especially with Sydney Cooks. I think um, we we as this podcast got pretty excited about her um c- coming into this starting lineup. <laughs> Um, obviously she's a great player Uh, she can produce a lot for this team but is this coach merchant saying you know take a step back um, and just not like come away from this team but like just kind of find yourself um, maybe not do as much maybe maybe it's coach merchant trying to say you know uh, hey Sydney Cooks, you're doing, you're trying, you're trying too hard, and you're trying to do too much at like one point. Maybe this is coach merchant saying, "Hey, you know, take a step back. Uh, you only just got into the starting lineup now." Um, but it, it it was interesting to see uh, in these two of these past three games that Sydney Cooks has had um, less than ten minutes in two of those games.
0: Yeah, and she also was another player that did struggle with some injuries at the beginning of the year. I think it was an Achilles problem with her. So. And then yeah no we saw her start in the second half of the year and she was sensational and then that was just kind of it going forward but crowd um, eleven thousand three hundred sixty eight according to the LSJ Lansing State Journal pretty big yeah I mean, it that, was it was very loud there that is
1: as an usher at the president Center I know that the um the approximate seat value or seat um count is like fifteen thousand mm-hmm. I believe it's like exactly like 14,900 something I used to
0: know the number but I don't know anymore I'm sorry and it's like 972 or something yeah, like that it's a weird number
1: yeah um but obviously that is a huge crowd obviously that has to do with senior night obviously that has to do with Michigan um coming to town but I think that was a huge uh point for Michigan State to realize that they have this great group of um fans and this crowd just they they love to play at home, and I think that definitely helped them this this game to break out of this uh, slump they've been
0: in. Yeah, for sure. Something else, you know that I'm a big free th- free throw guy. Oh yeah, th- this I is exactly
1: it. why I put these stats I down.
0: Freaking love it. Thank you for putting down. By the way, I'm so glad you put that down. I was going to say something anyway, but it reminded <laughs> me significantly to make a big deal out of this. Michigan nine for sixteen on their free throws, and before I say Michigan State's number. Michigan had twenty six personal fouls. That's, that's 26. so much. Twenty six. They had two players foul out, which were two of their top five scores or two of their top four scores, and then they had five other players with three or more fouls. So they were struggling in the department. I don't know. This might be like a wild speculation, but I don't know if they purposely did that because they saw Michigan State isn't the best free throw shooting team. But no, I don't know what they were doing. Michigan State came through on the free throw department. They shot. 85.2%. They made 23 of their 27 free throws, which is insane. I mean, that's just, you know. I don't know what else you can say about that. They shot amazingly from the line. Everyone did good. Only, they only have two players missed free throws? Three. Three players. Four. Yeah, yeah whatever. Nonetheless, they made most of their free throws. That's what counts. Those are free points right there, as it says in the name, free throws. So Michigan State came through in that department.
1: Yeah, I had something to say about that too. It's just like Michigan State obviously has not has struggled this season with free throw free throw percentage, um, and just the amount of free throws that they got and uh, attempted is I feel like a lot higher than usual. Yeah, but also just being able to make that many mm-hmm. and just having the mental you know strength to just make as many as possible
0: is a huge step for MSU. Yeah, and I remember one of those fouls, Tori Osment, who came into the game, she shot a three and she got fouled beyond the arc and then she went to the line and made all three of her free throws. (laughs) Yep, there you go. Three for three. Yeah, that just kind of spoke. I think that was very fitting for like how the game was going to go at that point. I mean, Michigan, they were just fouling left and right. I could not believe it. It made the game go a lot longer than I was expecting. But nonetheless, it happened. Michigan State made their free throws. Naz Hillman for Michigan. She had 27 points, 11 rebounds, and six steals for Michigan. She was... She was definitely their best player on the court that night. I believe she did. Yeah, she came
1: off the bench too. I believe.
0: Yeah, she did not start. Uh, she did have four fouls, so she did kind of contribute in that sense. But Michigan did have she she did have a pretty good game. Got to give her credit. Oh yeah,
1: Absolutely, eleven for thirteen shooting. Um, you know, five for nine from the free throw. So not, obviously, yeah. Michigan struggled from the free throw line as a team. But uh, yeah, just twenty-seven
0: points, eleven re- or yeah, eleven total rebounds. Uh, good outing for her. Yeah, got to give her credit where credit is due. So Michigan struggling the personal foul and turnover department, and that game just came, man, it didn't come down to the wire because Michigan State, they they were in control pretty much most of the game. But there was just so many fouls down the stretch. I think, yeah, both teams used all of their timeouts in the last, like, five minutes of the game. Every single timeout was gone in the second half. Susie called, excuse me, Susie Susie Merchant called one, and I was just like, why? (laughs) She had to use her last one. I don't know Why? But she just felt the need to do it. I was like, okay, I guess I want to go do stuff, but okay. Yeah. I was it, like, I want to go to your press conference now, but <laughs> it took a while. Yeah, the score
1: uh seventy-four-sixty four. It's like in that mar or margin where it's like, you know, Michigan's trying to foul. Yeah. You know, maybe they're yeah, maybe they're still in it. That's pretty much what was happening. And then teams are calling timeouts, you know, left and right. Yeah, it, that can definitely cost for long uh long games. Yeah, it was
0: pretty <laughs> long down the stretch. But then after the game, we had Jenna Allen's emotional senior night farewell it was pretty cool i put it on twitter live luke i don't know if you had a chance to look at it uh yes i did you got thank you i appreciate that no one no one watched it when i went live and i was like all right that's fine um (laughs) but so i put that on twitter live i posted jenna allen's final words as a spartan i posted Susie merchant's little talk about jenna allen it was pretty cool just seeing her go out like that and I actually, I guess we didn't really mention this. Senior night, you would think it would be this Thursday or this Wednesday against Penn State because, you know, that's the last home game. But I guess for some reason they wanted to keep it as Michigan. My guess is because it was on a Sunday for one. So more people would come than a Wednesday game at night. And it's Michigan. Yeah, absolutely. So people are going to come through for that game. I I, I totally agree. Um,
1: I actually think, and plus, like, you know, Penn State wasn't even supposed to be their last uh, uh, home game. Yeah, it got delayed. Uh, I think, like, a very similar thing happened with my brother's soccer team in high school. It was like, you know, senior night was against, like, their arch rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, one game got postponed to, like, after it, and they kept it against their arch rivals, and they beat it. So it was pretty cool. Uh, and the same thing happened here uh, against Michigan. Obviously, Michigan State uh, and Michigan, huge rivals. Um, shout out to the men's team, who
0: also beat Michigan mm-hmm. that day. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of like the Michigan men's basketball team hosting their 1989 national championship team. Yeah. Like, against Michigan State, because they know everyone's going to be there. Yeah. But, no, obviously, absolutely. a different result. But, um, yeah. So, that happened. Uh, it was pretty cool, just kind of seeing that whole thing go down. She was the only senior, so she kind of had all the time in the world to talk. Like I said, it was probably the longest game I've covered, but it was the most fun I ever had, because I got to see Jenna Allen's thing. I got to see a very good game in a big crowd. I got some pretty good sound bites. Um, so, overall, just everyone was happy. It's a lot more fun. Listen, as a journalist, like, obviously we're not going to root for a team, but it is way more fun to go to a locker room, like, press conference, whatever, when the team has won because <laughs> they're in such a better mood oh, afterwards. Oh, for sure. Yeah, after when anyone's, anyone's feeling better. After yeah. When, yeah. They're way more open to questions. You don't You're not scared to ask them anything most of the time. <laughs> but nonetheless, Michigan State walked out of there with a pretty big win and, in my opinion, a much-needed win. Against our tribal Michigan, absolutely. Something I didn't realize: Michigan State is now. I think it's I, I have a packet here somewhere. They. You have a lot of packets. I have say, a Sam fat stack of packets <laughs> here. I don't know why I brought everything, but I did. So the all-time series going into that game, Michigan State was leading sixty-nine to nineteen. It is now seventy to nineteen. Michigan State. Wow. Yeah. I
1: I would not I would not expect that. That'd be much closer.
0: Yeah, and I will say. Credit to the women. I said Michigan was gonna win that game 80 to 65, which I eighty to sixty five. I took a pretty big margin. Dang. Just seeing the way that they had played the last couple games. I was like, I don't know that's gonna happen. And then one of the reporters after the game came up to me, I can't remember who he wrote for, and he said, Did you say that you you took Michigan 80 to 65? And I was like, Yeah, I look kind of dumb now, don't I? And he was like, Well, you must not have like followed women's basketball that much. You probably don't cover them, do you? And I was like, No, I'm the beat reporter for impact. <laughs> and he was like, Oh. And I was like, yeah. I just, I like, I knew the series was so lopsided, but I, I guess that Michigan's uh, coach, she, um, she kind of struggles to beat Michigan State. Um, yeah, I, re- I respect your, uh, maybe not margin, but I respect your, <laughs> I,
1: I respect your reasoning behind going with Michigan.
0: Yeah. Um, I, Mich- I wouldn't argue. Michigan against was it. on a
1: seven-game win streak yeah. and coming off a of win against Rutgers. Yeah, too. exactly. Michigan was probably the hottest team in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um. And obviously Michigan State struggling, mm-hmm. uh, having their first loss at home. Loss at home. Uh, I
0: I respect your um, decision to go with Michigan. I appreciate it, Luke. So let's get into some Big Ten standings now that a lot of games are out of the way. Uh, I do believe there are a few games tonight. A couple big games actually. Let me see. Actually, I'm gonna pull up the schedule. We're gonna we're gonna see who's playing right tonight. Tonight we have Wisconsin at Rutgers. That is a, I'd say it's a bigger game for Rutgers for them to keep the top four seed in there. And then Iowa at Nebraska. That game is actually going to be pretty big for Michigan considering where they are in the standings right now since they are literally all tied for sixth place. So Michigan's going to be kind of lo- excuse me Michigan State's going to be looking to see where those games are going to end up. We got Maryland at number 1, conference record of 13 and 3, 24 and 3 overall. Not that that really matters for this. Number 12 Iowa, they are 12 and 4. I think those two teams, they've yeah, they they've secured their top seeds as the Big 10. Mm-hmm. Even they, I mean, they. One of them could fall to the fourth seed, but either way, they're going to get a double bye, which is at the end of the day what really counts. And then Rutgers is at ten and five, Michigan at ten and seven, and those are two that we could really see change in the next couple of days, especially considering the fact that Michigan just lost to Michigan State, and Rutgers plays tonight, as we just said. Play Wisconsin, so I guess we'll have to see where that goes. And then Ohio State, like we said earlier, creeping on the toes of their arch rival Michigan with a record of nine and seven. Yeah, and they're on a three game win streak, too. Yeah, they beat Michigan State twice this year. And then we have one, two, three, four, five teams tied for sixth place. We got Nebraska, Minnesota, Michigan State, Purdue, and Northwestern all tied for sixth place with a record of eight and eight in the conference. I'm pretty interested to see where this is going to go. Absolutely. Yeah, this. This could honestly go any
1: way. Michigan State, uh, you know, obviously we cover them. They could, they could end up, you know, at the top of the conference. They could end at the very bottom of the conference. It's actually kind of crazy how, how uh, this could play out.
0: Yeah, especially, you know, most teams have two games left. Most of them had two games left as of yesterday, but obviously Michigan State had the one they had to get made up. So ideally, they would only have one game going forward, but they do have two. So they potentially, it would take a lot. But it is hypothetically possible for Michigan State to still land a top-four seed because they did sweep Michigan, so they'll have a tie over them if they were to have the same record. they Obviously, Michigan would have to lose one of their last games here. Excuse me. Just their last game, actually. They'll have just one left. Um, But then, of course, Michigan State would have to win out their last two. Luke, do you see Michigan State beating Minnesota at Minnesota? No. No? Why not? Uh. Like like you said in the last
1: podcast, you can't trust them on the road anymore. Mm. Um and we've seen that we've even seen that come um home in East Lansing for Michigan State. And uh Minnesota is a is a pretty good team. Um definitely not a uh a team to just look over, obviously. Um Michigan State did beat Minnesota uh earlier this year. But obviously that was home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was when Michigan State was at at part of their peak, probably. Um,
0: but yeah, I don't, I don't see Michigan State going to Minnesota and beating them. I'm gonna have to agree with you on this one. I think that. See, it's just it's so frustrating. It was like the same thing with the Nebraska game. I remember just sitting here and I was like, "Well, they should win because <laughs> Nebraska isn't a good team. Michigan State at least shows that they have the potential to be a good team." And I think this one is a little bit different because Minnesota, they have established themselves as a pretty solid team. They're 19-8 and overall. They're like that for a reason. You know, they didn't lose until, I think, like December 31st was their first loss. So I'm going to have to take Minnesota in this one. I will say, though, I think if Michigan State beats Penn State this Wednesday and then travels to Minnesota and beats them, it's going to say a lot. And they're for sure going to be, maybe they won't get a double-by, but they are at least be a, like, towards the top of the standings, they'll at least be at, like, five or six, which would be pretty big. They'd probably be ranked, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, again, with Minnesota, Um, again, I don't see them winning, obviously. Uh, Michigan State went, going to Minnesota winning. Uh, Minnesota was on a six-game win streak Uh, before they lost to Maryland, and that was only by two... And that was at Maryland. Obviously, Maryland Maryland being one of the best teams mm-hmm. uh, in the country. Uh, so, so Minnesota they are a good team, and um, they have some they have some good players too. in kanisha Bell and Destiny Pitts. uh Kenisha Bell is averaging 19 points per game. I believe that's second or third in the Big Ten. She's also had 116 assists. Uh, and Destiny Pitts a good um a good second option with 15 points per game. Um. So, yeah, Minnesota is definitely a tough team, uh, especially at home, too.
0: Yeah. um, Let's talk about the Big Ten as a whole, I guess, in terms of strength of the conference and just how well it is. You know, we got Maryland and Iowa at the top. They're both top 25 teams. is 12, Maryland's 8. They're there for a reason. We know that they're good teams. And, you know, for a minute, I think we were kind of sold. We thought, oh, shoot, this is actually a really good conference because all of a sudden you saw Michigan State was ranked. Minnesota was ranked. Indiana was ranked for a minute. Rutgers was looking like a freaking powerhouse there for a second. They looked like they were going to take the Big Ten. And then it just kind of fell apart. And obviously, Rutgers and Michigan State and Minnesota and Michigan are still decent teams, but I don't think it's the same conference that we kind of expected there for a second, you know?
1: Yeah, it seems like, you know, out of conference play, most of these teams handle their business um and go into conferences with, you know, decent records. Excuse me, obviously we saw that with uh Michigan State. And then you just get into the conference and um I guess it's just about, you know, almost any uh any conference, they just pick each other apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, win some, lose some. A lot of a lot, especially in this case of middle of the middle of the road teams, you know. 8 and 8 in the conference, 9 and 7 in the conference. Um so, yeah, I, I don't think it's as strong as we thought before. Um, in terms of the Big Ten, though, I was pleasantly surprised seeing, you know, Iowa, you know, ex- explode into, like, a really good um, potential contender in the NCAA tournament, honestly. Um, uh, especially, and then Rutgers also. Like, they came out of – Rutgers came out of nowhere. Um <laughs> And I saw you making that face. My glare was more for
0: Iowa. No, I, I know. I that's kind of a big statement. <laughs> I'm not going to say that it's not going to happen, but yeah. it's a big statement. Yeah,
1: I, I just think, uh, so yeah, maybe not a contender. Obviously, they lost to Indiana yeah. the other day. Yeah. Um, But definitely a threat. And then mm-hmm. a threat is a definitely a better... Um,
0: yeah. I'm yeah. not going to say that they're not going to do anything. Like, obviously, upsets are still... Especially, like, in this year, of women's basketball. Like, we've seen the number one seed change... Multiple times. Multiple times. At least three, maybe yeah. even four. Which I know, like you know, a lot of men's fans out there are going to be like, oh, it changes every other week in men's. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But you just you, this hasn't really happened in women's. It's been like yeah, UConn's absolutely. been won. Maybe like once in a while you'd see like Baylor or Louisville at one for like a week and then UConn takes it back. Yeah. You don't see this too often. And, yeah, I'm just really interested to see how things are going to change. There's not going to be an undefeated team in the Final Four at all this year, which I think is kind of cool. But, yeah. So that's the Big Ten. Um it went up and down. And the
1: interesting part, um, this last note about the Big Ten, was uh, the Iowa and Maryland race. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I actually had no idea this was going on, but I was just looking it up uh, before this podcast. And um, Iowa beat Maryland, uh, I believe it was at Iowa, um, you know, just a week ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that gave Iowa, obviously, the step above Maryland with the tiebreaker. Um So they were tied at at one, and obviously Iowa had the uh, tiebreaker there since they beat them. And then Iowa goes and loses to Indiana, given the Terrapins, you know, the one seed right back. So I was very surprised at that. Um, I don't know if, I don't know what happened with Iowa at Indiana. um, But I guess
0: obviously those two teams are easily the best two in the conference. Yeah. And Maryland still, they could still, like, you know, blow their lead. I mean, they still have two more regular. Big Ten games left, so does Iowa. Obviously, Iowa would have to win out and have Maryland lose one of those games, but it, I mean, it's still possible. Yeah, of course, anything, anything can happen. Anything's possible. Yeah, so that's the Big Ten for you. It teased us; we weren't really expecting much, and then it got big, and then it kind of went back downhill. So, nonetheless, hey Luke, I was going to ask you this: so they're playing Minnesota on so Actually, no, let's do Penn State first. So they're playing Penn State on Wednesday. What does a lion sound like? Give me, give me a lion noise. <laughs> RAR <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I was tempted
1: to do You know an actual An actual RAR Like but, the MGM lion Yeah but I can't do
0: that What about a golden gopher What does a golden gopher sound like <laughs> I don't know what oh, I just no. turned this podcast into uh, This has been
1: an interesting <laughs> podcast nonetheless
0: Yeah but uh, So I guess back to Min- Just Minnesota for one last little line here Michigan State did beat Minnesota It was at home like we said it was when Michigan State was kind of in their like prime i guess you could say of beating teams and especially at the Breslin like they beat Maryland at home it was pretty wild so they beat Minnesota at the Breslin center 86 to 68 that was back in january on the 9th of january that was man it was a it was pretty long time ago, ago. yeah it so feels like forever we got spring break coming up here yeah, <laughs> like I that's happening yeah i
1: was I was, uh, I was on the call that game i remember that um and, you know, going into that game, uh, looking at Minnesota stats, I expected, you know, Kenesha Bell and Destiny Pitts to really show up. But Michigan State's defense definitely shut them down. And uh, obviously Michigan State's uh, offense exploded, uh, scoring 86 on uh, Minnesota. But I-, I think come I think come Sunday, uh, things will be a little different.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we, we never really, like, we kind of stopped that tradition of, like, asking a fun question at the end of break. So... And we actually we, we totally forgot to touch on let's do spring break plans real quick. What are you doing for spring break, Luke? I'm going to Ireland. Going that's right. You've been flexing about that all week. Oh yeah. and no, no, I'm I'm excited. I uh
1: see I fly out of East Lansing on Thursday, stay the night in New York, and then my sister and I fly out of uh New York and then we come back. We fly out of New York on Friday, come back on Wednesday. Um you know, I'm excited, gonna get uh, my sister, she lived in Ireland for a semester. She's been there several times. She knows her way around like it's the back of her hand. So I'm excited. Uh, it'll be my first time, you know, visiting uh, Ireland. I'm I'm excited to see what the Irish are all about. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: but, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And, you know, after that, I have a few days to chill and then I have to head back here. Where are you going in Ireland um going to Dublin or I don't really know the country that I've never been out of the country but I don't
1: know. I I don't think we're going to Dublin we'll be getting in Galway uh I think Galway for two nights we'll be in some like all right this was my plan we'll be in some like random place but uh I wanted to go fishing <laughs> so we'll be in some like random little <laughs> town at a little small uh B&B uh bed and breakfast go fishing for a day but other than that Galway uh Bunratty um, maybe another another city I can't remember
0: all right well I don't know I guess you can kind of decide if your flex is better than mine I'll be going to Indianapolis next week to cover the Big Ten Women's Tournament at least I'm hoping hoping that's still going on Uh, we had a couple of things pop up but we should still be set to go and provide some coverage for that but before that actually I'll be going to Bloomington this Saturday to cover the men's game with Kyle Turk and your boy Luke Urinal Sloan um Sorry, Luke. <laughs> Maybe well, I shouldn't say that. It's kind of mean. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll cut that out. <laughs> yeah, get rid of that. No, we're going to leave that in. Um, I love you, Luke, nonetheless. But yeah, so I'll be covering the men's game. I am so excited for that. Joey Ellis has really been hyping that up. He says the last time he went, he was like a kid in the candy store because it just reeks of tradition. And they have, I think you said like the first two rows are like the original bleachers they had, like before the assembly hall got a bunch of renovations and stuff. So I'm really excited to see that. And then a couple of days later, obviously we'll have to see where Michigan State ends up getting put in the standings. We'll see what seed they end up with. And I I think they should be playing on Thursday. They're at the nine seed right now. Um. But I mean, they could ultimately slip these last two games and fall, end up playing on Wednesday. So you never really know.
1: No, absolutely. So you'll be chilling in Bloomington for like the whole whole spring break, aren't you?
0: Just for the day. Oh, okay. That's because that's on Saturday, and then we'll come back, and then we'll leave um, whatever day. Yeah. We well, you know, enjoy your
1: time there. I've been in, I've been to Indiana a few times. I I think I like their campus. Um, I've
0: it's heard a, it's very pretty. It, what it, I've heard.
1: I, I've heard mixed reviews. Personally, I like it. It's very. Um, most of the buildings are very like you know, castle castle like. I feel like mm-hmm. so it's it's pretty cool to
0: see. It's kind of like the north dorms here at Michigan State. Kinda, yeah. Well, I think that's cool. Yeah, I like those dorms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Landon, one of the best calves on campus. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, enjoy your time there. That will be really that be really cool. I'll try. Better get some pictures of Ireland. But with that being said, Michigan State will wrap up their. The rest of the regular season this Wednesday when they play Penn State, and then they'll travel to Minnesota, which will ultimately be a big game in deciding who gets put at what seed in the tournament. Well, with that being said, I believe that's all we got here today. Is that Luke? Is that all you got?
1: Uh, yeah. I was just wondering if you want to do pickums or not. I mean, it's tough since it's only us two. Obviously, we're missing Austin, Austin, yeah, and Joe today, but we'll write it down right on this form. I, I was kind
0: of looking forward to them. We'll do it. We'll do it right now. <laughs> all right. So we got Michigan State versus Penn State. Luke, who you got? I got
1: Michigan State here. I think they, they they're back on track, at least at home. Um Penn State, um f- uh, twelve and fifteen overall, five and eleven in the Big Ten. Um obviously not one of the strongest opponents that Michigan State has faced. Uh Tanaya Page for Penn State, nineteen points per game, uh ninety one assists, which is, you know, a pretty pretty good amount. Um but I think I think MSU comes out with this uh, win at home. Uh, I'm going to
0: say uh, 79-65. 79-65. I am also going to take Michigan State. I think after seeing the way that they played against Michigan, I think it was a pretty big wake-up call. I'm going to take them 80, going with a big number, to 65. I agree with you on the 65, but I think Michigan State's going to score... <laughs> One more point. One more point. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That's going to be, it's going to come right down the line. It reminds me of like, you ever have one of those games at like a family event or something where you have to guess like how much money's in the jar and if you win, you get that. My stepdad did that at our last little family party we had. He guessed one more penny than I did and he was that much closer and ended up taking it home. Oh, man. I was pretty salty. I think it was like 15 bucks or something like that. Oh, man. It was was 15 bucks, man. I'm not going to complain about getting fifteen bucks, but whatever. So then we got Minnesota. Minnesota versus Michigan Minnesota. State. Minnesota.
1: Luke, who you got? Uh like we were talking about earlier, uh, I don't think Michigan State can uh go to Minnesota and beat them. Uh Minnesota is definitely a, a good team. Um I think they're I think they're better than the a and a uh in the Big Ten conference. Uh I guess it's kinda like just like Michigan State. I think they're better. Mm-hmm. Uh, than their record shows. But um, I think at, at home, Minnesota wins this. Um, we'll say... Uh, I think it'll be decently close. We'll go 76-68. to
0: 76-68. I, I know it's been tough picking Michigan State on the road this year. But I do think Michigan State's going to come through with this one. I think it's it will depend on how they play this Wednesday against Penn State. But based on like what we know now and the team that I saw play yesterday, I think Michigan State's going to take this one. I think they're going to take it. I think it's going to be close. I agree with you having that close eight-point game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring one. I think Michigan State's going to take it 65-62. to 62. It's going to be one of those games. Coming down to the wire, there's going to be so many fouls. You're going to be like just going out of your mind. Because you're like, oh my gosh, is this game ever going to end? I think it's going to be one of those games. So, I'm saying Michigan State's going to win 65-62. to Big game in determining the seeding for the Big Ten tournament.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, it'll be, a, and especially being, you know, one of the last games, or the last games on both these teams' schedules, mm-hmm. they're going to be pushing um, definitely.
0: For sure. With that being said, I believe that's all we got today, Luke. That is, I do believe. I do believe. it's all we got. Thank you so much for listening to the Breslin Breakdown. I am Sam Britton alongside Luke Saccone.